listeners, thank you so much for being here today and welcome back to another episode of In a Dark, Dark Room. I'm your host Abby and in this podcast I, of course, cover all things creep. I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas and New Year for those who celebrate and for those who don't. Happy holidays! Matthew and I went back home for Christmas, which was really, really lovely. We actually spent last year here in Germany, so going back to the UK this year was very, very special. But we are now home and we are ready to get back to it. So welcome to the very first episode of 2024. And I'm kicking this year off with a type of case that I've never actually covered on this podcast before. We have an unsolved missing family case and it is baffling. It is just Honestly, you will finish this episode just thinking, what the fuck? It just blows my mind that entire families, I mean, people as well, just people, never mind entire families, can just disappear and vanish into the face, vanish into the face of the earth, vanish off the face of the earth. Ugh. Honestly, I've got that fog brain from Christmas. People can just vanish off the face of the earth and or they're murdered and there's just absolutely no information out there anywhere, except obviously the people that obviously know but it's just I just I just ugh, I can't wrap my head around it it's, it it to be honest it, it pisses me off well anyway introduction over let's get into the very disturbing mystery of the Jimison family so the Jimison family were a very small family that consisted of 44 year old Bobby Jimison 40 year old Sherilyn Jimison and their six-year-old daughter Madison Stormy Star Jimison. So at the time of the case in October 2009, the family lived in Oklahoma, specifically Eufaula, Eufaula. And there isn't a ton of detail about the family themselves or the history of the parents or anything, but they seem to be a pretty standard working class American family from the South. However, the different thing about this family is that they were actually seeking a change. A change in their location, their life, their financial situation. And they were overall just looking to start again somewhere new, different life, all three of them. So that's exactly what they did. They began looking at moving from small town life into the mountains, which is significantly more isolated. And also very significantly different as they were actually planning on moving from their house into a shipping container in the mountains. So it was quite a big change and their family have said that this was a very new idea. It wasn't something that had, you know, been in the works for a while and they weren't like really passionate about, you know, uprooting their life and getting off the grid and going to live in the mountains. It just seemed to be a very, very sudden, fast idea and they weren't really weighing anything up and discussing for a while. It hadn't been something that they were, you know, in the works for doing for ages. It was just kind of like, bam, we're moving to the mountains, into a shipping container, goodbye. And a big change like this, so sudden, can be quite alarming. So the Jimison's family and friends were, I mean, significantly concerned, understandably as well. But what can you really do? You know, they're adults, they're capable of doing what they want to do. They've got a daughter, so you don't want to be stepping in, you know, too much. If they think that's the right thing to do for their daughter Madison, then so be it, I guess. So the family had decided to go ahead and move. And that brings us to October the 8th in 2009. So the Jimison family had packed all of their stuff into their truck and were on the road to begin their new life, their big life change. They travelled to the mountains to visit a man who owned a 40-acre plot of land 
And they were actually planning on buying this land. So they went to visit to view the land and just to kind of get things moving a little bit. They were seen by the owner of this land and who they were planning on buying it from. So he said that, yes, he had met them. He had spoken to them. He confirmed that he saw the family on October the 9th, which is actually the day after October the 8th. And that was it. The family were never seen again. The friends and family of the Jimisons only became concerned after a few days, a few days after October the 8th, because they knew they were leaving. So it wasn't too alarming at first. So, you know, they knew that they were, you know, jetting off to the mountains and there was nothing that they could really do. So when it, a few days had kind of ticked on and they hadn't really heard anything and they were getting a little bit worried, but it wasn't too much of a concern at this point. But by the time that's the 16th of October rolled around, things for the Jimison family and their friends and family got significantly worse. There was finally an update on the Jimison family and it was not looking very good. On that plot of land that the Jimisons were planning on buying was their family truck. Abandoned and locked up with absolutely no sign of Bobby Sherilyn or their daughter Madison. Now inside this truck they found both parents' wallets, Bobby's mobile phone, a GPS location tracker and roughly $32,000 in cash shoved under the driver's seat. Now listening to this list of items, it all seems quite essential, no? Like a GPS, phones, cash if you're buying land. But all of this had been very weirdly completely left behind. And sadly, there was one more discovery inside that truck that set alarm bells screaming in investigators' heads. Inside this van was the Jimison's family dog, Maisie. She was found alone, but alive, but severely malnourished. Now, this was all quite a shock to both the police, the locals, and the loved ones of the Jimison's. Like what, where, how, where do you even begin with all this? Why have they left everything behind that would be helpful to them in the woods, including cash, a GPS and their own dog who reportedly they, you know, loved. They brought her with them. So why did they leave her behind? Now, the family and friends of the Jimisons were understandably baffled, of course, at the situation. But most of all, everyone was really confused about the cash. The $32,000 in cash inside that car. Now, the Jimisons were not a well-off family. Both parents weren't even working at this time. And it was just overall a very big red flag, you know, a missing family with a wad of cash and their phones left behind. Where on earth did they get this cash? And why was it in a bank bag in their car? And why was it left there? So straight away, investigators began delving into this scene and any evidence they had. The truck had absolutely no signs of a struggle or forced entry. They checked Bobby's mobile phone that had been left behind and on it they found some pictures. One of these was of his daughter Madison, which is believed to have been taken just the day before the family disappeared, so October the 7th. And judging its GPS location, it's believed to have been taken just a few hundred feet away from where the truck was found. The picture of Madison wasn't particularly disturbing or anything. She did look like she was in the middle of maybe saying something, maybe a little bit upset, but it wasn't too alarming. It wasn't, you know, 
a picture of their daughter having been kidnapped or anything ridiculous. It was just a family picture where Madison looked a little bit tired. So the police at this point were pretty sure that the family had probably vanished unwillingly, either forcefully or perhaps by someone that the family knew. So the day after the discovery of the family truck, a few hundred people volunteered to kick off the search for the Jimison family. There was an air and land search with horses and trucks and hundreds and hundreds of people, but there was absolutely no sign of the family or any new evidence. The police checked the family's GPS tracker that had been left in their truck, and it did show that the family had travelled further up the mountain from where the truck was found, but had also made their way back down. So police traced the family's steps, and they also found some footprints where the GPS had led them, but again, nothing more was found. The police also checked over the family's CCTV home system, so they had like a home surveillance system around their house. So they checked their home surveillance for the time around that they went missing and they found that on the day of their disappearance, it showed the parents, Bobby and Sherilyn, packing up their truck. What was really weird about this footage though is that Bobby and Sherilyn were, yes, packing up their truck to move, but they were doing it in total silence. They were literally just going between the house and truck, not saying a word, not even really looking at each other until they would both kind of stop at the same time and just like stare off either at each other or into the distance like they were almost disassociating for a while and then they would just like carry on again and in the cctv footage they were described as trance-like the footage also showed sherilyn packing a brown briefcase and also a pistol into the truck but neither the case or the gun were ever found case is getting pretty weird huh Now, after the search for the family in October 2009, the case went cold. They didn't really have anything to go off. They had no new evidence. They had some footprints and GPS and money, but that was really it. Like, where do you go from, oh yeah, they looked a little bit weird in their home surveillance footage, but that's it. That's all they've really got. So the case ended up going pretty cold, pretty damn quick. And it stayed like that for four years. Now, it wasn't until November 2013 when two hunters who were deep in the woods looking for some, I don't know, area to hunt or something, they were just minding their own business. And in those woods, they came across a horrific discovery. In the woods, they found the partial skeletal remains of two adults and one child. These remains were found lying face down in the earth, but all lined up next to each other. Very weird setup to find bodies anyway. And almost immediately, everyone assumed that it was the family, the Jimison family. Now, this case was widely known in the area. And also, these bodies were found just five kilometers north of where the Jimison's family truck had been found after it was abandoned. And you might be thinking, what? Like, what? How can it be found? How can these bodies be found just five kilometers north? But the woods, the, the like nature, the forest, it's, you take one wrong turn and that's it. Like you're walking in a completely different direction, going towards nothing. However, it was five, right, where the bodies were found was five, just under five kilometers. So it was just under, I think it was like 2.7 miles. And it was found that far away from their truck, but it was even closer to a road. So I think that if they were missing, anyway, sorry, I'm, 
I'm jumping the gun here. I'm already getting into theories. I don't even know why I'm doing that. Because <laughs> I go over all the theories at the end. But I can't. I can't help it. I'm just so confused. So you might be thinking, like, why did nobody find the body sooner? Blah, blah, blah. But it's just, it's it's easy to say, you know, we all, I always say this, but it's easy to say, like, why didn't they do this? And why didn't they do that? And looking in the woods for something is you can just miss something by an inch and you'll never know. So let's let's not. Let's not get too caught up in what they didn't do. So they'd been found just five kilometers, which is 2.7 miles north of where their truck was found abandoned. And sadly, everyone's fears would be confirmed true because these were the skeletal remains of Bobby, Sherilyn and little Madison Jimison. Now, please keep in mind that this had been four years since the family went missing and they were skeletons. They weren't just like in an advanced state of, I mean, they were in an advanced state of decomposition, but it wasn't just like, they were, it was just bones. It was just, it was skeletal bones. So finding a cause of death in any evidence was going to be incredibly difficult, if at all possible. Because the skeletons were skeletons, but they were also skeletal remains. So it wasn't like they had found, you know, three full body skeletons where they could, you know, look at everything and examine everything and rule out all possibilities. These were just skeletal remains. So no, they didn't end up finding a cause of death. And the medical examiner said that there were no signs of trauma on the remains that they could examine. But they can't say for sure that the family didn't go through any trauma because they didn't have the whole body, you know? And also with the, with the amount of time that had passed, it's really hard to say what had happened because they'd just been sitting there in the woods for four years. So it's really hard to say how they died, if they went through any pain, if they were tortured, anything like that. But they couldn't find a cause of death and they couldn't confirm if the family had been tortured in any way. Now, the medical examiner, however, did find a small hole in the back of Bobby's skull that did roughly fit the size of a bullet. However, like I said, they can't say 100% like, yes, it was a bullet wound to the head because the examiner, because they just couldn't, because they just couldn't. But even the hunters themselves also said that when they were talking to the police, they were arguing with the police saying that looks very much like a bullet wound to the back of that skull. But the police were probably quite aware that they couldn't confirm it, so they kind of brushed it off. However, the examiner's office did confirm that there had been some animal damage to the remains as well. So yeah, it could have been a bullet, but it also could have been an animal doing something to the remains. So despite finding the bodies, we don't have any, you know, concrete answers. And the only definite thing that came out of finding the bodies, that it was definitely the Jimisons who were now confirmed dead, and they had definitely died under suspicious circumstances. Now, despite the Jimison's bodies being found and their belongings, police were still left with more and more questions and absolutely no answers. There were so many possibilities running around. Like, was this planned? If so, why did you take your dog just to leave your dog behind? Where on earth did you get $32,000 in cash? Why did you pack up your car and not say a single word? Where's the brown briefcase that you packed? Where is the gun you packed? So the police didn't really think that the Jimisons were fleeing and starting a new life, like under a new identity, because if they were planning on doing that, surely they would have just done it a little further from their home, because that's where their whole life was, you know, their mum and dad and everything. They probably would have, if they were planning on fleeing, they probably would have done it a little bit further away, because this had happened just under 50 kilometres from where they had their friends, their home, their family, school, everything like that, so... 
The former sheriff on this case had said probably didn't do that. And he also said normally you can go through an investigation and can start to eliminate certain scenarios. But we haven't been able to do that in this case. With the Jimison family, everything seems possible. And he's completely right. Like where, who, why, where do you, where, like what happened to this family and what leads do you look into? So at this point, you probably already have your own kind of theory as to what happened and trying to put the pieces together. But there are quite a few big theories out there. So I am just going to quickly run through them all. Now, the first theory that's popular is that the family's death was caused by a murder-suicide. This theory is backed up by something that was discovered during the investigation. So inside one of the bags inside the truck were some letters. Now, these letters were written by Sherilyn Jimison, and they were addressed to Bobby, who's her husband. Now, these letters were reportedly pages and pages of what has been described as hate. Sherilyn was writing to her husband in these letters, and she was calling him all kinds of things, accusing him of being a lazy, slob hermit who didn't want to do anything, and she just hated him. She managed to find enough hate within her marriage and towards her husband that she wrote 11 pages worth of nasty shit. Sherilyn also struggled with bipolar disorder, which, if you don't know, it's a mental health condition that causes extreme mood swings. So this means that people that have bipolar disorder can experience extreme emotional highs and productivity, which can last for days, even weeks. And then also on the other side of that, they can experience bouts of depression and low, low moods, which can last for days and also even weeks. So it's theorised that Sherilyn may have been experiencing one of her bouts of depression or a very low mood episode when she was writing these letters and also when she, you know, theoretically murdered her child and husband in the woods. Now, Sherilyn's mother has obviously been very vocally against this theory, as you can imagine. She insisted that both Sherilyn and Bobby were very good parents and they would never cause any harm to their daughter purposefully. And also, it just doesn't really add up with what the investigators found in the truck. The Jimisons were seen packing up their car. This was planned ahead. They brought their daughter with them and their dog. So yes, Sherilyn could have taken this opportunity to murder her husband and child, but it just doesn't really make a lot of sense to the police but she could have just left their daughter and their dog behind while they went to view the land she could have been like oh me and bobby are gonna go view the land and then pow she could have killed her husband but why would she have insisted on packing up the entire car for a move that was never gonna happen because she was going to murder her family but yes it's possible that she may have gotten up there and experienced something in her mind or body or whatever She could have, you know, completely changed how she felt and then what they had planned there wasn't what they were going to do and she was just going to kill them. But again, there's just not really any evidence to support this theory, so it's not really a lead that police are willing to look into too much. Now, the second theory is that the family simply got lost in the woods and died from exposure to the elements. People go missing in America's national parks like you would not believe. I've actually got in my notes to do an entire episode about the creepy goings-ons and missing person cases in America's national parks and forests. So it definitely happens, and it happens a lot. However, also, this theory just doesn't make a lot of sense because investigators checked for the weather in the area around the time that they went missing. 
It would have been nearly impossible for them to have died from hypothermia because even in the dead of night during this time, it never got below 5 degrees. It was usually between 5 and 10 degrees. The area also did experience some rainfall as well, but again, it was just nothing that could have caused the death of two adults and a child the way it did. And also, if they had gone on a hike or to check the area around and had gotten lost, why on earth would they have left all of the helpful things in their car? Their dog? Very helpful in a lost in the woods situation. Their GPS? Also very helpful in a lost in the forest situation. And even their mobile phone. This wasn't in the 80s, this was in 2009 and people had phones and technology was advanced enough to be helpful in a lost in the woods situation. So again, it just really doesn't make any sense as to why they would leave everything behind in their car that could be helpful with, you know, going out into the forest. And also, the weather just doesn't equate to death in the woods just three miles from your car. The Jimison family didn't look like they were planning on being far from their belongings for very long, and they left their dog Maisie. So again, this is just another theory to police and investigators that just doesn't really make a lot of sense, or even has any evidence that suggests it could be half true. Now, theory number three, the family were murdered. But by Bobby Jimison's very own father. And I bet you didn't see that theory coming. I know I didn't. So apparently Bobby Jimison and his father, also named Bob, had a very difficult and hateful relationship, which even went as far as Bob threatening to his own son Bobby twice that he was going to kill him. Now in early 2009, just months before the family went missing, Bobby had actually filed a protective order against his own dad for those threats and also for reportedly hitting him with his car in November of 2008. And, get this, Bobby also claimed in this lawsuit that he was filing, he also claimed that his dad Bob was involved in meth and criminal gang activity. So this of course led to a very hateful and bitter lawsuit between both Bobby and his dad Bob. Now some may say that is motive. However, at the time of the family going missing, Bob was in hospital and he ended up dying in December 2009, which was just two months after the family went missing and it was years before the bodies were ever discovered. Is that to say that Bob hadn't arranged for someone to kill his own son and family? No. But it does mean that Bob cannot answer any questions, so that theory is a little unreliable as well due to the lack of evidence and also most of Bob's family members just saying there's no way that he was behind this and the police also don't believe that Bob the dad had anything to do with it, so that's, that's, an, that's going nowhere. Now the fourth theory is pretty straightforward, it is drugs. Another popular theory which could easily explain a lot of things in this situation. It could explain the behaviour of the Jimisons before they went missing, it could explain them going missing and also that wad of cash they found in the car. Now in this theory it's believed that maybe the Jimisons had gotten caught up in being owed some money or sorry owing some money for some drugs or for just some dangerous drug activity and maybe they were moving to the mountains to flee to run away from it all. The cash explanation is that perhaps they were off to a drug deal, maybe a final drug deal before going into the mountains. And as I mentioned on their home surveillance footage, both of the parents were acting very strangely and trance-like, which is very common behaviour within those addicted to meth. 
Now, some people have also thrown around the idea that the Jimisons were actually going to use their shipping container as a meth lab in the mountains. That could explain the cash to maybe set up their own lab. And in rural areas of America, there are a ton of drugs and drug labs all in the woods and mountains because America just has so much land. So it's not a crazy theory, but even if they were going to set up a meth lab in the mountains, who killed them before they got the chance? And then who would have left all that money behind? If it was a, a local com, you know, competition drug dealer, I'm sure they would have taken all that money, no? But it just, again, it just, it's another theory where there's not a lot of, a lot of evidence for it and they just can't confirm that. Like, who, kill, who would have killed those guys in the mountains and left all that cash behind? If the family did owe someone money and someone hired a hit on them, wouldn't they have taken that money or even some belongings from the family to sell? It just, it doesn't actually, like, it could explain it, but it also just doesn't really explain it. Also, police said that they found no evidence of any drug use. They found no drugs in the house or the truck or within the family. So it's just a theory, a dead end theory again. Now, this theory, okay, I have saved the most bizarre theory for last. So are you ready for theory number five? Some theorise that the family were murdered by a cult. I know, I know, I know. So Sherilyn's own mother has really put this theory out there and she's really popularised this cult theory. So she believes that the Jimisons were murdered by a religious cult in southern Oklahoma. Sherilyn's mum claims that the cult had a list of names, a hit list, and apparently Sherilyn's name was on that list. This came about because a close friend of Sherilyn's, she had gotten a call one evening not long after the family had gone missing, and this person on the phone told Sherilyn's friend that she used to be in a white supremacist hate group, who did have a list of names of people who had, you know, wronged the group or pissed them off. And this stranger on the phone also claimed that sometimes when she saw the book, she would go home to Google the names of the people and she would be met with articles and articles of missing people, including Bobby and Sherilyn themselves. Now, something else that really plays into this theory is that Bobby and Sherilyn were supposedly into witchcraft and Satanism. There was apparently a witch bible found in the truck or the home, I'm not too clear about that. But Bobby, the father of the family, had also confessed to his pastor that he had been reading the satanic bible. Now both Bobby and Sherilyn were also apparently very into death and the paranormal, but in quite an odd and obsessive way. They claimed that there was around three to four ghosts in their home And Bobby even asked his pastor for special bullets to kill the spirits with. This obsession with the paranormal was further backed up by the pretty threatening graffiti found on that shipping container that that the Jimisons owned and they were planning on living in. Now this graffiti was done by Sherilyn herself because she believed that someone in their local area was going around and poisoning all of the cats. So this graffiti said, three cats killed today in this area. Witches don't like their black cat killed. Obviously, this graffiti is implying that there's a witch in the area or that Sherilyn herself is a witch. It's a little bit threatening. You know, witches don't like their black cats being killed. So I'm pissed off. You better watch out. But Sherilyn's own mother said that before they went missing, Sherilyn had been acting very peculiar 
and her behaviour was very off. Now, in this theory, some people believe that maybe Bobby and Sherilyn were in a religious satanic cult and were sacrificed or perhaps sacrificed themselves. Another very interesting theory. Now, that's all five major evolved theories that have been explored by the police. Honestly, I don't really have my own theory. I do think the landowner should definitely be questioned, as as I said earlier, he was the last person to ever see the Jimmisons alive. And I'm so confused as to how he wasn't a suspect or even questioned. Like, I understand there may not have been much motive for why this, you know, landowning man murdered a whole family. But as far as we know, they were going to view the land to purchase. But that's all just their word. Like, we don't know if they were up there for anything different. But he was the last person to see them alive. He owned the land and he lived right next to where the truck was found. The Jimison truck was found on his property. Why didn't he tell anyone sooner? Why did he allow a full air and land search to go on and didn't say, oh, by the way, please, this truck is on my property if you want to take a look. That's so suspicious, no? I think that's so weird. Some people theorise that there was probably some more money. The land that the Jimisons were looking into purchasing was actually $70,000 and what they found in the truck was around $32,000. Half of $70,000 is $35,000. Did they have their money in two separate bundles? Was it stored in this brown briefcase that no one's been able to find since? Did someone steal only half their money to not be too suspicious? Why hasn't the owner of this land's property been searched? It's all just so weird. The questions are just like, ugh. I do definitely believe it was a murder. The bodies were found face down, lined up, dead, like literally execution style. But why were they murdered and who murdered them? It's just the ultimate question. I'd be like, I just, ugh. I hate these. I hate these. They make me feel like I'm just staring at a wall. It's just a wild ride, this case. I just feel like I read up about it so much and I get obsessed. And then I'm like, right, you know what, Matt? I've just booked us a flight to Oklahoma. We have to go and look in these woods for these people. But that's all of the theories. Again, I've just got so many more questions than I do have answers. I I hate these cases. I hate them. I'd be really interested to know what you guys think about this case, what your theories are. Do you think it was the the murder-suicide, the drugs, the dad murdering, witchcraft, cults? I'd be really interested to know what you guys think. I just, oh, I feel pissed off. All right, so that's everything from me. I won't be here next week because it's my birthday and we're going away for the week and I'm going to be enjoying my time celebrating my birthday. So thanks for understanding, but that is everything. So thank you so much for being here. Remember to take a breather, stay safe and enjoy the spooks. Bye.